Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm really excited to have with me Dr. Robert Bray. He is a PhD and LCSW who has worked in the field of traumatic stress recovery for over 40 years beginning as a volunteer on a crisis hotline and throughout his professional career, he is always focused on the impact of traumatic stress on the mental and physical health of individuals, families, and communities. Dr. Bray has extensive experience as a clinician helping in recovery from natural disasters, criminal acts, and domestic violence of all types. He has been training, writing, and developing thought field therapy since 1996. Dr. Bray's book, Heal Traumatic Stress Now, Complete Recovery with Thought Field Therapy, No Open Wounds, provides a consumer-friendly self-help guide to anyone struggling with overwhelming stress. You can find out more at rlbray.com. Welcome, Bob. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Yes. So... Uh. Happy to have you here. And as you know, I always start off the show with asking my guests to say a little bit about themselves and how it is that they came to be doing the work that they're doing today. So let's, let's hear your story. Uh, Okay. So my story, Um, I'm an old white guy um, who's been doing this uh, since uh, 20 years old. So I should just apologize in, in, in advance for, I may say some things that probably don't feel right or may not be inclusive. I mean, you, you might hear me slip into ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I know that's not all inclusive and I know that that's not the right way to do it, but I haven't quite got myself around to it. And there's, I just want you to know there, there's no insult intended or any sense of, you know, trying to perpetuate an idea that if you don't fit, you don't belong, you belong. Um, so it's sometimes I have trouble with the fit. So that's, that's my problem. So I just thought I'd tell you this. Um, heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, so I've been doing this uh, since I was a volunteer at college, like 20 years old. I started doing crisis intervention on a, a, um, a drop-in center, a hotline. This is back where if you took a drug and you were freaking out, you really couldn't tell anybody. So you had to find that place where people would say, it's okay, we're going to get through this. Um, and so I learned uh, early on and, and was doing uh, crisis intervention work for a whole range of things from, you know, and this is the this is Vietnam era. Um, so a lot of protest, a lot of um, political unrest. And so I learned, uh, that's why I first started doing this stuff. Um, and um, I enjoyed it. I was very good at it. I ended up getting a BA in social work. Um, 
and wasn't sure what I wanted to do after that. So I ended up uh, working. I had worked as a lifeguard for a while for the city of San Diego. I worked um, as a wildland firefighter. So I kind of got into emergency response kinds of world. And so I started relating a lot to those folks. And so I have lots of experience with um, very difficult situations. And um, and in San Diego, you end up working a lot with military and military families, those kinds of things. So anyway, I got my master's in social work um, uh, and started a practice once I got licensed and continuing to help. I did a lot of early childhood injury. You know, I did incest, child abuse, those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, it's very much tied to traumatic stress um, in terms of, you know, uh, combat veterans, those sort of things. I got, and eventually I got a PhD in psychology with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy um, and um, was doing that work. In the early 90s, I was doing a lot of that. And I learned a lot of stuff as I went along. Gestalt, um, uh, you know, I learned EMDR the first year it came out, um, uh, eye movement uh, desensitization reprocessing. And because I kept looking for ways that you can be better. Um, and so when I heard about Roger Callahan and uh, I said, this is weird, this is strange. Uh, but a man I respected uh, was introduced to me at a workshop and I said, okay, this is, there's something here. And so I went in 1996, took a four-day workshop with Dr. Callahan, and and then began, I think I went back three times in the first year. And then next thing I know, I'm assisting him in leading trainings and um, doing teaching. And by the time he passed in uh, 2013, I, um, I had... Uh, I had become a lead trainer for Callahan Techniques. And so I had lots of interaction with him. We had lots of times to figure out what we were doing. And um, so my mission these days is to take that information and carry it on. Now I've talked way too long about myself. <laughs> no, 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 this and, is great because you're also giving me a lot of things I wanna ask you about. Um, and before okay. we get into TFT and thought field therapy, which I'm gonna talk mm -hmm. more about, I'm curious as to, because I hear this a lot from folks in our field who trained in the traditional methods, you know, the traditional psychological, psychodynamic, um, and then eventually CBT, you know, we kind of became the, the go-to. The go and um, oftentimes, I think many of us found those modalities somewhat limiting. And I'm just curious what your experience was, especially treating trauma and the effects of, you know, trauma, the after effects of trauma. How did the conventional therapies work for you and your clients back then? Well, first of all, I'm not sure I did conventional therapy. I mean, I, I was trained in cognitive behavioral work. I know that. But I was also trained in Gestalt. Mm -hmm. um, I was also had, uh, I got to take a workshop with Virginia Sachir. Um, and so inner systems, uh, you know, um, I learned a lot of different things. And I think prior to what I often say is, is that in 96, when I learned TFT, it kept me in the trauma business because by then I had been doing that for a lot of years and I was pretty burned out just because one of the things that you do when you help people with trauma is you become a witness to their event. Yes. I mean, if nothing else, if you witness someone's trauma, 
they're less alone and they're less crazy and they're less, you know. And so what happened in early on, and I think what I was doing on the crisis intervention line was simply being present to be a witness. And as you witness their trauma, you, you begin to help them understand how to live with it. Um, so um, in 96, when I did this, I was actually on the board of directors of uh, the Association for Traumatic Stress Specialists. We were training people and certifying people in doing trauma, but I was beginning to feel like, you know, this is too hard. And when I learned um, EMDR, it was helpful. Uh, I learned that in 93, I think. Um, it was helpful because it gave me a structure to hang some things on. And it was much more effective in terms of uh, uh, treatment um, than anything before that. But in 96, when I learned TFT, I learned that, oh, I could keep doing this because I learned how to use it for myself and how to treat my own overwhelming negative emotions that come up um, when you're witnessing for other people, when you're hanging in there with them. And so I was able to then start tapping for myself. And so now I don't have a problem in staying in this work because I know that um, I can help care for people in a way that's more than just being a witness to them and being present for them, you know, it's that, um, and, uh, anyway, so I, I learned this stuff in 96 and I, I said, okay, this is the missing ingredient because the way I formula form my formulation of trauma and the problem it, it happens is that, um, it's not a top of the brain problem. It's not a cognitive problem. It's not how you're thinking about things. It's what your experience is and how your body learns and the bottom of your brain, not the top of your brain, the bottom of your brain learns how to perceive and react to the world around you. And all of that happens without the possibility of language. So um, what I often say to people is when I'm working with you, um, I'm not really interested in what you're thinking. I'm more interested in what you're experiencing, what you're reacting. And so I say that what I do is experiential work, which is I give you a different experience um, to deal with this stuff. And the reason it makes sense to me is because the top of the brain has a language center, right? And you can, uh, language is possible, words are possible, abstraction is possible. We learn how to perceive the world and create these abstractions, whether it's pictures or it's images or it's words or it's whatever construct we have, that's then how we understand the world. And I mean, understand it, not live it, but we understand it. And the biggest problem is, is that if you have a trauma that then has either little t trauma from attachment issues, uh, um, to big T traumas, which is sudden shocks to the system. What happens is, is that there's no way to talk to the bottom of the brain where you learn and react, uh, where your body is responsive. Mm -hmm. So what I think is part of the brilliance of, of Dr. Callahan's work is he was able to get out of the top of the brain and begin to communicate with the part of the brain and the part of the body that does not have words. The language center is, is in one place. Um,
So you can't say to somebody, let's talk you into a different place. Let's change the abstraction. Let's change the rationale. Let's change the, the, the process. So you have to find a way to connect with that part. And that's what the brilliance of his work was. And he started by doing um, kinesiology muscle testing, which is a way to connect um, and communicate with the bottom of the brain and the body um, in a very direct way. And then he found that the body will instruct us as to what is the healing that's necessary to make that change. So tell is that helpful? Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Tell us a little uh, bit more about thought field therapy and how exactly it works. Is there's people who maybe have heard of tapping, maybe haven't. Um, what, how would you describe it? What is it? How does it work? Well, it's, it's, it's an experiential uh, therapy. It's, it's not a talk therapy. It's not a cognitive therapy. Even though Dr. Callahan was brilliant at that stuff. I mean, he was trained by Albert Ellis in the original um, cognitive therapy. And so he was very good at this. And at the time, he had a very good practice when he first learned muscle testing and said, oh, maybe there's a whole other thing here we need to be looking at. So thought field therapy um, is, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a straightforward way to talk about it, that it's a way to alleviate overwhelming negative emotions by stimulating meridian treatment points on the body in a specific sequence. And um, that's one thing, um, but we have a number of techniques. So the, I know you're trained in EFT and there's a lot of people who are trained in EFT, um, which um, I don't have anything bad to say. The data's in. I mean, EFT works. And if it works for you, that's great. The problem for me is when it doesn't work, what do you do? And in TFT, we tell you what to do. We have a protocol that just takes you right through it. And it's not the protocol so much is we're using muscle testing to listen to the inner wisdom of our client who is telling us, oh, that tapping pattern doesn't work for you. Um, and so here's the ta tapping pattern that will work. Or here is the chakra treatment that will work. Or here is the, the corrections that you need. So um, that's the beauty of TFT is it's very precise. And uh, as Roger would say, the more precise, the more powerful. So um, if you were to, I teach the basic tapping patterns. Okay, so originally there were 14 algorithms that were very specific and different. And um, then, um, and we still teach that today. Now, Gary Craig, who was a student of Rogers for three years um, and um, decided that he didn't agree with Roger about that the order of the tapping mattered that it was just the tapping was the active ingredient, was the mechanism of action. And, you know, Roger said, no, I mean, sure, tapping by itself, tapping randomly works, but it's not nearly as effective as if we listen to the body and we use muscle testing to make that happen. So, you know, Gary Craig went off and he created um, uh, EFT and it's gone through several evolutions and, and it's gotten, uh, it's gotten to be less specific, um, more general as it's gone through each evolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, and Roger would say there was nothing wrong with EFT. It was a good lay application of thought field therapy, but it, it, it lacks, it has limitations. Right. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, what was the question? What is TFT <laughs> and how does it work? And I think, okay. and so you, yeah, you've been giving us a great overview. Um, and, right, and, I, right. and what I'm hearing some of the differences for those of us that are more familiar with EFT, emotional freedom techniques, that one of the differences is um, with TFT, you're, you're using muscle testing to really find out like what is the specific algorithm that, and let's talk a little bit about what algorithms are, um, that's going to be the most effective for someone working on a particular issue. And I think another one of the differences is it's much more specific. Um, and then I think also in TFT, we're not using words the way we might in EFT. No, words are not required. Yeah. And that, and in some ways that makes it much easier. So if you learn algorithms, which are standard solutions to a problem, right? That's the definition of al algorithm, a standard solution to a problem. What Roger found is that after pushing on a few thousand arms um, over the years, that there were standard patterns that seemed to uh, evolve around certain things. So if you were trauma, it would often start with tapping at the eyebrow. If it was anxiety, it might start by tapping under the eye. If it was anger, it might start by tapping on the tiny finger or rage, you, you get the outside of the eye. So he found by experimental processes that there were certain patterns that evolved that were generally effective, and he would say 80% effective for specific emotions. So as you know, in EFT, you have one standard tapping pattern, um, and we have different patterns. So if you're feeling um, anger, we might just have you tap on your tiny finger and under your collarbone. And that would be a simpler way to do it. Now, that's at the most beginning basic level, because if you ask me, I'm going to muscle test and I'm going to tell you precisely what you need and how to do it. So Roger came up with these standard algorithms and, you know, and it just drove people crazy because they said it's too complicated. It's too difficult. People can't figure this out. And, you know, and Roger was, it's not that complicated. <laughs> I mean, if you're angry, tap here, you know, um, but it, um, what they found was is that, um, so it comes back to if I was going to treat someone, okay, so let me, so one of the things that happens is Roger then began to learn how to use uh, uh, self-testing in order to test for his clients. And so then you begin to be able to test at a distance. And so you can look at what's going on. Um, and the beauty of, of testing in that way is you don't have to pay attention. You don't have to know anything about the client. I've treated a lot of people and I've not really known what the event was that were healing, what the injury was that were healing. And so that's one of the other nice things about it is it does not require that you, um, you know, have to share your story. You can just, if you come to a training that I'm doing, we don't role play, we treat. And it's safe to do that because you don't have to disclose anything. Just bring up that thought field, bring up that memory, bring up that image, whatever it is, and we're going to find a way for you to heal it. So that's how it's a little different. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, well, you want to you taste? Yeah, let's do some TFT. 
Okay. Well, um, I would do a standard thing, but the other thing as I would say to you is um, you've done a lot of work on yourself. And my guess is, is that you've resolved most issues that you can still feel something with. Yep. So I would ask you to think of something that if you can still get a sub unit, subjective units of distress, that you can communicate what that feels like for mm -hmm. you, we can treat that. But the other thing is, if you have something and you want to know, is there something else there? I can do muscle testing with your permission for you to see if there are perturbations, what we call the, the, the underlying cause of the mental disquiet. Yeah. Well, so. I would say there's probably still some piece of unresolved trauma around in injuries. I've been in five car accidents where I had whiplash injuries, and I know that there remains pain in my body, particularly in the neck and kind of shoulder going down to the scapula. Um, mm. And I, I get the sense that there's still trauma there associated with one or more of those accidents. Can you feel any yeah, of that discomfort? I can, discomfort feel, right I can feel right right now. I just my uh, clavicle just shifted and clicked. I can feel like some of the pain. It's not super intense, but I can definitely feel some pain radiating kind of down into the sort of um, these muscles here at the top of the of the shoulder. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And how would you rate that zero to 10, just to help us with that communication? Because I don't know what your pain yeah, threshold is. No, it's not too bad in this moment. I mean, maybe like a four, something like that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's your instrument. You rate it as you see fit. Yeah. So, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm backing up a little so that if you're watching this, you can see me moving my arm. Okay. This is the way that Roger um, taught um, uh, voice technology when he first started doing this with people. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you to um, uh, just say, uh, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. Okay. And my arm goes that far. Say, I want to be sick. I know you don't. I want to be sick. And my arm goes that far. There's less motion. And so instead of measuring strength, like I would be if I were pushing in your arm, I'm measuring uh, flexibility. So, um, uh, so we can test that in a number of different ways. So if, if you just say, um, uh, my name is Adriana. My name is Adriana. Um, say, my name is George. My name is George. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure we're testing yeah. good. Okay. Now, what I'd like you to do is think about that pain in your neck. Um, and do you know which car accident that was? Or was it cumulative? I mean... The two that stand out the most in my mind are the very first one when I was a kid mm -hmm. and then the one in 2002. Those seem like the most intense ones, but there were others. How old were you when you were a kid? Uh, like nine, eight or nine. nine. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's tough. That's really tough because that sets you on a trajectory that's not good. Okay, so um, just say, um, and we'll just ask your body, Say um, it would uh, say uh, I should treat the first trauma first. I should treat the first trauma first. Uh, we could treat them all together. We can treat them all together. Okay, so I got a yes on the first one and a no on the second one if you can't see what I'm doing. So we're going to treat that first one. So I want you to think about that, that nine-year-old um, who is injured uh, and say um, healing this injury completely. 
I'm healing this injury completely. No, say healing this injury, oh, completely. healing this injury completely. Right. You don't have to put yourself. We know that you want to heal this. There's no question. Okay. But notice my arm was short and it says that tells me there are some disturbances in your thought field around that, that we can treat. Right. And then I'm going to touch different points on my body to see. Um, so tap on your tiny finger. And so I'm actually listening to your body, chin. Um, and it's the rib point. It's right under your breast on the first rib there. Does it matter which one, left or right? No, they are on both sides. Under eye. Beginning of eyebrow. Let's go back there. Okay. And then under collarbone. Okay. Now we're going to do the nine gamut series. This is something that's not currently in EFT, but yes, tapping the back of your hand, the gamut spot is between the large, uh, the pinky finger and the ring finger knuckle go about a half an inch towards your wrist. Um, and then you're tapping there while we do nine things fairly quickly. Close your eyes, open your eyes with your eyes, look down to your left with your eyes, look down to your right. Whirl your eyes in a big circle. Whirl your eyes the other direction. Hum. <laughs> Count. One, two, three, four, five. Hum again. <laughs> and um, let's have you start by, we're going to repeat the tapping. I think we start at the little finger. Um, rib. Index finger. It's a little different. Under eye. Eyebrow. Under collarbone. So just take a moment and uh, pull up that nine-year-old event or that when you were nine years old, that event. And uh, just tell me what you're noticing. Well, it's interesting. Um, I notice a little bit more of the kind of anxiety, you know, of that experience, because obviously it was very scary. It came from behind. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Um, yeah. But I'm also noticing simultaneously that the pain has gone down. The pain itself in the shoulder neck area is less. So what I would say has happened is we've switched thought fields. We've gone from healing that physical pain right now to the deeper fear thing that comes up when you think about what's possible in the world. Um, and um, uh, say this nine-year-old's fear. This nine-year-old's fear. Um, uh, she and I want to be over this. She and I want to be over this. Okay. Um, and say tapping. Tapping. Okay, I just wanted to see if we were still in the meridians, if we needed to go to the chakras. Um, go back to the tiny finger. Outside of the eye. Index finger. Beginning of the eyebrow. Back of the hand, tap there 30 times on the gamut spot. And then underarm, 
and then under collarbone. And let's do the nine gamut series again. Close your eyes. Open. Down left. Down right. Roll your eyes around. Back the other way. Hum. <laughs> Count. One, two, three, four, five. Hum again. <laughs> okay. And let's start with tiny finger again. Outside of eye. Index finger. Under eye. Gamut 30. And let's just do then under collarbone. Okay, so I'm going to ask you and your nine-year-old to notice what's going on. Definitely less anxiety. Oh, good. Um, almost even access. I can feel that child part having a little bit more, like access to joy or or positive emotion. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so. It's okay. That happened. It hasn't happened in that same way again. You know, shit happens, but life goes on. Yeah. Um, and then interestingly, you know, like a different, now my wrist is having something, some sensation in there. Um, okay. and there's still a little sort of, I would call it maybe like a dull ache, um, okay. But, okay. but definitely, you know, more like a two or something than the, the more intense, sharp feeling that was the four. Okay. Um, just say letting this heal physically um um let me now i just say it right healing my current body healing my current body okay um tap the beginning of the eyebrow tap the gamut spot 50 times And then chin, rib again, collarbone, nine gamut series. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Tiny finger, uh, beginning of the eyebrow, um, chin, rib, gamut 50. collarbone. All right. So let's just check in with, uh, you know, the fact that you've gone from that four down to a two, it's really good. And there's some other pieces in there. Um, but I'm just wondering, what are you noticing now? I felt on that round, like a real kind of drop in my nervous system. You know, I'm pretty attuned to when my nervous system's amped up. And I felt 
yeah. I felt more of like the shift into a more parasympathetic or calmer state. Um, and that seems to come with like a, an overall relaxation in the body where there may have been like more tension before I can feel kind of the whole body is just relaxed more. And more healing. Yeah. It's a more healing state. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it feels different so, than when we started for sure. So this is what you can do if you use Dr. Callahan's original work and understanding, which is, is that you can uh, get things done um, deeper, more completely, faster. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't have treated these things with EFT, but I'm not sure we would have gotten as far as we did this quick. No, I love this. And so I guess my question for you is, can people do this on their own or is it really best to work with a trained practitioner? Well, it depends on who you are. You know, the thing is, is that um, I've been doing this so long, I can treat myself in my sleep because it's second nature to me. If it's something that uh, you're a therapist and you're already pretty in touch with yourself, um, that's fine. Um, Go ahead and just develop the techniques and follow the protocols. You can do it. My caution to people who are not therapists or have not done this is, is that as soon as you enter those thought fields, it becomes triggering. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure you've got enough skill and technique and support that you can, if you do get triggered, that you can calm that down. You can come back into the present moment. And that would be my hesitation to say, yeah, anybody can do it anyway. Well, maybe not. <laughs> you need to be careful about what you're doing and who, who you are. Right. Um, but yes, if you can do uh, muscle testing, self-muscle testing, then you can learn the protocol um, and you can treat yourself. You can treat other people with it. Um, there's no, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. There's no... No belief is required, you know, you just have to be willing to engage and follow the protocol. And tell us just a little bit for those that might be more scientifically minded, what's the mechanism of action? What exactly is happening as we're thinking about the trauma or upset and tapping on these acupuncture points? What exactly is happening? Well, there's there's a number of, of ways you can approach this. I mean, EFT uh, would have an explanation they would have. But I, I kind of like, uh, I work with um, uh, memory re reconsolidation theory a lot because I think what it does is it says that it's possible to unlearn and new learn original learning. Yeah. And so what the bottom of the brain is about, what the body is really about, is being able to perceive what's around you and then be able to react to it without thought because thought just slows everything down. Um, and if you're trying to survive, you can't yeah. do that. So I think what it does is it activates a specific memory. Um, and while you've activated those neurons, they become um, um, open to changing that understanding, that memory, that knowledge. And tapping is a way to do, um, in, uh, in coherence therapy, they talk about juxtapos juxtaposition where you can't have two things true at the same time. Well, when you tap, you change the experience. And so when you consolidate the memory, you gotta choose which one of the experiences are you gonna hold on to. So that's a little bit about how I think about it. Um, but it's it's an area that's theoretical. Yes. 
Uh, what we know is practically it works. Right. Um, and we have scientific data too. I think people sometimes, you know, don't realize like, cause it seems so out there or woo woo, you know, um, right, even right. here in California, sometimes where we are, where people in general are more open to these kinds of things, we still do get sometimes the skeptics. Um, but there is a, a rather large body of research that supports. Well, there's like 255 uh, uh, peer-reviewed journal articles and books and that kind of stuff. When I started this, I would go on a database and find three, you know, references to thought field therapy. But if you're interested, you can go to energypsych.org, which is the Association for Comprehensive Energy um, uh, website, and click on the research, and you can get a, a, a page that gives you the the general information. It's it's two meta-analysis. We know that it's the most robust treatment for PTSD there is currently um, compared to others. And if you click on another button, you can get a bibliography um, abstracted or just all those articles and you can go as deep as you want. But the information is there um, and it's free for anybody. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's a, it, ASAP is a great resource and I love like the humanitarian work, you know, that's been done where people have taken TFT to Africa and different places and worked with, you know, the, of the you know, people witnessed the genocides in Rwanda and different things. There's been really amazing work that I know we don't have time to, to get yeah. into, but I, I just, it's a wonderful resource. And there's also um, on the ASAP website, there's the self-help videos, the resources for resilience, um, that are great videos if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're having kind of the, one of those fight flight attack panic attack type things. Yeah. So ASAP is great. It has wonderful resources. We're both members. We actually just saw each other at the conference um, a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, training and consulting. This is something that you're doing a lot of these days, um, and you're working, I think, too, with some first responders. Is that right, or have it? Well, I have in the past. Um, uh, for many years, I was a, a, a trainer for the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. They are the people who originally came up with the idea of critical incident stress debriefing, mm -hmm. the process that you do so that people don't end up having to suicide or burn out of these very intense jobs. And so I did a lot of training uh, with them as their, one of the regional trainers. I would go and teach people how to do um, thought field therapy, um, not the muscle testing stuff, but the basic algorithm stuff. So we would have, you know, half mental health, half uh, um, paramedics, EMTs, cops, that kind of stuff. So I've had a lot of experience working with that population. They love this stuff because you don't have to talk. Right. You can just make it better. So that's, I, I've done more of that. I just did a training at ASEP, a post-conference uh, in the basic algorithms, and I do that. Um, uh, I like to do those things. I'm available for that. My my real joy is this four day training in which I teach you everything that Roger taught me, um, so that you you can go and you can go out and do it, and you know what Roger knew at the end, um, and what he wanted people to keep learning and growing from, because we're not at the end of this journey at all in terms of understanding how to change the subjective into something that you can objectively respond to and deal with and 
it's wonderful. So I'm doing a training in October. If anybody's interested, go to my website, rlbray.com and uh, click on the button there. It's a four day training and um, it's it's a lot of fun. I've, uh, this would be the um, third, fourth time I've done it. Each time I do it, I keep changing it. And so it's it's an opportunity to learn a lot. Now, is this for uh, the trained mental health professional? Is this for kind of anyone who's interested? Who, who is this workshop for? Uh, it, it's about half and half. I would say as I look at it, we always have mental health people there, but you also we have somebody who's coming because I want to use this for my family, or I've been in therapy forever and I want to figure out how to make this work for me. Or they want you know, they work in a drug rehab program. They may not be the mental health counselor, but you know, or they work in a hospital as a, as a mental health specialist. Trust me, uh, you, you don't have to have a PhD in order to make this stuff work. It's just very straightforward. And so people come with a lot of different approaches. I, I've had people just come because they heard about it and they're trying to change something in their life and they need some help with it, whether it's an addiction or a love connection or, you know, they keep doing the same damn thing over and over and getting their heart broke. Okay, let's do some tapping and figure this out. Right. Right. So it's good for people yeah. to know that this isn't just a treatment for trauma, even though it is tremendous with trauma and PTSD. We can use it for all kinds of um, issues, uh, it's shifting core beliefs, you know, and we have like these negative beliefs about ourselves. I'm not enough. I'm unlovable. I, 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 I write about that and talk about that quite a bit. That's oh, one yeah. of my yeah. kind of specialties. I work with addiction as well. Um, people are even, I would imagine using TFT much as they do with EFT and other modalities to improve their performance, right? If they're an athlete or, or performing arts or artist or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you got. I mean, I had this kid come to me and he wanted to improve his batting average, <laughs> right? So it's like we treated him for the trauma of the, the last pitch ball that hit him because that's a trauma at that level, yeah. you know? And then we train. Then we treated him for hearing, you know, the hecklers in the uh, the stands, and how that affected his own sense of self worth and how he could do that. So we treated a number of things so he could step into the box and plant himself there, be totally present, and you know, he got a little better. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for the work that you do and the contribution that you've been to our community and to the world with everything you've been doing and really carrying the torch of Roger Callahan's work. He was a true pioneer. Um, I mean, he really, he's the OG, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I really appreciate that, you know, you're continuing this wonderful work because it, it has worked for so many thousands and thousands of people. So I'm so grateful that we've been able to have this conversation and that you've been on with us. We, we're gonna go ahead and put all the resources in our show notes, including Bob's website. Um, he's also written a book. We'll put a link into that. Um, and to the workshop, you can find out more about his workshop coming up in October. Any final thoughts you wanna leave us with? Um, I, I would uh, throw in the, the uh, link to ASAP's yeah. research page. Yeah, I think sure. that's really important. Uh, final thoughts? Yeah. Um, 
um, uh, this has been great fun. I really uh, appreciate you letting me do this. And I'm available to talk about TFT anytime, anywhere. And so this, this is a treat for me. And thank you for letting me do this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. If you like this podcast, please do subscribe, like it, comment, give it a rating, do all the things that'll help it get out there in the hands of more people. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Kaleidoscope of Possibilities. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.